Welcome to Ladies Who Launch, not your average business podcast. Dropping every other Wednesday, Alyssa and Dakota are two successful and opinionated marketing entrepreneurs engaging in insightful conversations with industry thought leaders, as well as casual conversations surrounding our lives as entrepreneurs. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Ladies Who Launch. Alyssa and I are coming to you from a very foggy Calgary this fine Friday morning. And we're really excited to chat with you guys today about being a boundary boss. But before we start, Alyssa's got an awesome rant to kick it off. Yes, I have a a very sort of timely uh, lady rant that's uh, been on my percolating on my mind this week as I see social posts about hirings and this, that, the other. My rant today is about journalists becoming communications people. So I'm being hired at agencies and other organizations as senior comms people. Okay. So I'm just going to preface this by saying this isn't a recent thing. This has been going on for years and has always been a bit of a bee in my bonnet. Um, and I understand the journalism sector and the media sector is difficult right now. And a lot of journalists are looking for other opportunities because newsrooms are getting smaller and journalists are, are becoming sort of phased out for, for um, clicks and all of the other nonsense of the, of, the, of the new media landscape. But being a journalist doesn't make you a PR comms person. And I will explain why. Now, if you're listening to this and you are a PR or you are a journalist that's now a comms person, I'm not necessarily talking about you. I'm just talking you personally. I'm talking about the general situation that I've seen in, in the past, let's say three to five years. So in my previous position, before I went out on my own, my last job before I went out on my own, the comms department was made up quite, the majority of them were former journalists in, that were comms people in, in the comms shop, as we called it, the comms shop. Um, and it was my first foray into actually working in a communications department with former journalists. And it was a bit of an eye-opener for me because journalists, as inherently as their job and their interest is to follow stories and to find stories and sort of investigate stories, which is awesome when you're a journalist, but when you're a communications professional working in and for an organization, uh, investigating stories or sort of going to search out stories isn't really your purpose. The purpose of a communications professional is to protect the brand of the organization. It's not to go find stories. So as a senior communications professional in this in, for, this in, for this institution I was working for, being assigned stories to go and like cover this event or this whatever happening in the organization, I was just like, I'm sorry, what? Like, that isn't how this works. So that, so it was, it was a very strange workplace because of that, because the, 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 the interests and the, the objectives of journalism and communications are different. 
Now skip ahead to when I am now working for myself. And what I'm seeing a lot of now is a lot of PR firms in particular hiring journalists from directly from news outlets. So like they're they're being poached from whether it's TV or um, a lot of TV news, which I even find more interesting because that's not really even like, I would even think like written journalism is probably more of a correlation to comms than TV journalism, but regardless. Um, And I'm just sitting there and thinking like, how do these, how does any of this make any sense? Because um, to become a comms professional, it's like, education and 20 years experience and all the things that I have. And I'm pretty sure that not a single newsroom or TV outlet in the city of Calgary or the friggin' country of Canada would hire me as a journalist ever. No one's hiring me as an on-camera journalist at any TV outlet, but somehow going the other way is deemed fine that journalists can just be PR people. Like to me, that just demeans our entire profession as though like just anyone can do it. And I would like to know what, what skills carry over. I mean, maybe I'm missing the boat, but I am just finding that more and more prevalent. And to me, if you're a journalist and I've seen this a few times and I have a very good friend who was a journalist who's worked in columns for like 20 years now, but After, like, she realized after she graduated journalism school, she didn't really like journalism. So she went back and took communications classes and and PR classes and moved into that sector. So I have, hey, more power to you. If you want to go back and you want to take comms or you want to take PR and then get into the profession and get in at a coordinator level like everyone else has to start at and not jumping in and being a director of communications for some organization, which is even more bizarre. Anyway, that's my rant for today. Not disparaging any journalists because obviously it's a very difficult time out there for journalists. But if you want to get into comms or you want to get into PR, do the work. Like get your PR diploma or or, or go back and take some uh, communications classes. Because like no one's disparaging that you're probably a good writer because you're a journalist. But there's more to PR comms than writing. So anyway just food for thought because I've just seen it. I've seen it more and more and it's really, it really makes me rage a little bit because we've all, those of us in comms have put in the work and are experienced and educated and no one at like CTV or global is going to hire me. (laughs) Not that I want to go to CTV or global. I'm sure that probably people, but it's just the disparity of the other way. It's like no one, I just, that's my thing. It's like, Apparently they can all become PR people, but none of us could become journalists. Okay. I have like a really quick little rant (laughs) similar to this, but it has to do with the, uh, with the real estate market right now. I'm not personally looking to buy currently, but I've got a couple friends that are, that are looking to buy. And one of the things they're experiencing is there's so many bloody annoying companies coming from other countries and the states buying up property um, and land here in Calgary, uh, both commercially and residentially, and they are significantly driving up prices for people. And then, so couple that with the, our interest rate issues right now that are coming out, I think next week, they're saying that um, 
50% of Calgary of Albertans aren't going to be able to afford their mortgage apparently with with these new interest rates. It's just ludicrous uh, the disparity that's happening for people that are just trying to buy a home. So that's my time rant for today. Yeah, we're just um, we're yeah. just there ranting anyway. <laughs> anyway, guys. So last episode <laughs> we talked about the evolution of relationships as they pertain to um, dating and business. And it was quite the podcast, uh, or quite the episode rather. Um, I had a little bit of an emotional time at the beginning, which looking back, I think is super important because I, I, I know for a fact that a lot of people go through similar experiences and are frustrated with the online dating process. Um, right now and and have been for some time because the way that dating has evolved and the way that relation relations have evolved have evolved period um they've turned into somewhat of a shit show in, in some ways so today we kind of wanted to to rein it in a little bit and talk a little bit about how you can have better boundaries uh within yourself and within your own life uh work work wise or personally um in order to not get hurt or in order to protect yourself. Um, so I'm going to kick it off with a really fun story from something that happened to me last week. So I think as business owners, sometimes we start off the year thinking to ourselves, oh, we, we take a look at our client roster. We take a look at the work we're doing. We take a look at what we did last year. We take a look at what we want to do this year. And at least that's what I do. And I can say that I've been really lucky in that the majority of my clients have stuck around for a, a number of years and we have a really great record for client retainment. However, there's of course always the clients that um, there comes a time where maybe you have to break up. <laughs> uh, I had taken on this amazing local business uh, last year to try and help them grow and get really settled in the marketplace. They were a little bit new. Um, and during that time, they had taken on some risks and done a couple of things that I really hope serve them in the long run. And um, I feel like they're they're doing a really killer job of their marketing, like their their overall marketing. And so they had pulled us in to kind of help with just the social media aspect of things. But as time went on, we we both quickly realized that at this current point in time, the organic social media management and content creation was great. But in order to make ends meet, they really needed to heavily focus into more of an advertising space and more of a sales space because they definitely had um, an ROI and a bottom line that was sales driven. It wasn't brand awareness driven. So they hadn't yet moved into the space where they were really just looking to invest in brand awareness. And with organic content, for all of our listeners who are content creators or social managers, we all know that that, that organic content can be measured, but it's a lot harder to measure. So... Over the course of, I want to say nine months, it was just a lot of like, oh, we have to rescope again. Let's change it up. Like, and I just saw, you know, over time, like, despite their best efforts, that that trust just wasn't there. And it, it was kind of like, I found myself questioning, like, well, why, like, why am I here? Um, like, I want to be here. I, I want to continue working with you, but but it's stressful on both ends. And and we were both kind of feeling 
feeling that. And, and like, they were kind of feeling bad because they just didn't know what they wanted. So I had the most beautiful conversation with them last, last week. Uh, I got this call from my client and he basically was just like, I have some bad news. And it was like the classic breakup conversation. And I was like, I don't think it's bad news. Are you breaking up with me? And I said it with like a full smile on my face. And he's like, yeah, we just don't know what we want right now. And I was like, yeah, honestly, I was kind of thinking I might have to break up with you guys too, because I feel like this is a lost cause for right now. It's just not where you guys are at. We ended up having this great conversation about how there's other things we could be doing with them right now that would serve their bottom line a lot better. And we ended up actually rescoping, coming up with some different opportunities to work together that I'm actually way more excited about. And it was honestly just one of the most authentic breakups I've ever had in this capacity with, with an individual uh, from a business standpoint. And I was just really proud of how both parties handled it. And I'm really excited about the fact that I actually feel really good about it instead of being upset. So I just wanted to share that with you guys because last episode, we talked about rejection and in the dating world um, and how how much that hurt and how some things were kind of mismanaged and handled. And I just wanted to point this out as a really positive experience that happened. Uh, and, and that's kind of how things should happen. When you have a gut feeling about something, don't hold it in. Talk about it. Don't let it percolate for too terribly long. Be honest, be authentic, and you're going to come out the other side hurting less. Yeah, I think it's... a. Um it's a lesson for all <clears throat> business owners and it doesn't matter the size of your business, whether you're one person or a hundred people that you need to let go of either the clients or the employees or the, the, the um, contractors or, or whatever that provide you the most angst and are toxic and are difficult to deal with. I think we as humans try to always find the better, something good about the person or something good about the situation to try to like justify our continued work. And you're totally correct in that like in, in, in losing clients is, affects everybody's bottom line. So obviously you try to do what you can because I mean, revenue is revenue. But we all have stories of us trying to, or all business owners have stories of, of themselves trying to hold on to particularly diff difficult clients or customers or whatever, because um, they know that they're a consistent generator of revenue. So you get to the point and it takes a lot of maturity to have the conversation about um, with the client. We'll just talk about clients because that's what we do with our clients when things aren't going well and the if if we aren't receiving joy or fulfillment out of the relationship anymore i think um i wrote a blog post about this a while ago and sort of breaking up with clients because i don't know why we in business feel that um it's a failure to lose a client or have to like walk away from a client because all relationships evolve, like personal relationships, professional relationships. And just because that relationship worked for you a year ago or two years ago doesn't mean that it works for you now. For various different reasons, you have different interests, you have different values, you 
your your business has shifted and you're not doing that sort of work anymore. And I think we all have to realize that losing clients or losing business or not even getting potential business um, is not a failure. It's just an opportunity to look elsewhere because knowing the situation with Dakota, because we have talked about it many times. And I've said to her is that the, the more time that you're dedicating to these problem clients and the clients that suck the life out of you and take more than they give you, is less time that you're open to opportunities for, for the right clients to come to you. And I think that's a learning too, that the more we spend, the more time we spend babysitting and trying to accommodate um, clients who are not um, providing us a reciprocal relationship, um, there are opportunities or potential opportunities that are never presented to you because they're the, the universe. And I'm not a huge, like, like person in that realm of like, you like manifestation and stuff, but the universe doesn't present them to you because it sees that you're like already overwhelmed and, and, and upset and angry about dealing with these. So it's like, well, I'm not going to, she can't deal with any more. So I'm not going to present. So I have found that in my business that, especially through COVID and, and losing a lot of um, clients and, 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 and that um, through COVID, obviously, as everybody has, it's actually presented other opportunities that wouldn't have been there otherwise. And so I'm, I'm always a big proponent of like money ends up taking care of itself in some way that if you're worried about losing clients over money and it's losing money to you, um, that isn't really a healthy way to run your business. Yeah, I think one of the things I've learned over the last couple of years, just with ex- the extreme roller coaster of being insanely busy, to you know, at the beginning of last year and kind of the beginning of this year, not being like as busy as I've well. Here's the weird thing: like we're still busy, but uh, like a comfortable busy. So actually, like I think we're in a pretty good place right now. But last year, I know it was like extreme busy not so busy, extreme busy and not so busy. And then in 2020, uh, at the beginning of 2020, because of COVID, I know that I lost 60% of revenue in a month. Uh, like I had a bunch of clients drop off due to various issues with the, with like with the economy and then just, um, like they just couldn't afford it. So that was terrifying. Um, and I just look back at how I reacted to that and, and how I react now. And I, I, I see the growth that has happened. Um, in myself in terms of how I handle things. But yeah, I think you always need to look at the bigger picture. Uh, someone else in my circle gave me this advice recently. You have to look at the bigger picture. You can't look at revenue all the time. Like obviously that's important to look at because it's it's like your it's your it's your measurement system for how your business is doing and and where you need to take it and and all that. But just focusing in on, well, I have to pay my bills and I have to make this amount of money and I have to get this quota by this time is going to result in you taking work that, first of all, probably doesn't interest you, which doesn't serve the client either, um, or taking on work that because you just want to make that cash. Um, or taking on work, like in the beginning when I opened Social Centric, we took on stuff that we kind of just took what was thrown at us, which is which is a big mistake because 
you're only proficient in the things you're proficient in. And while it's fine to dabble here and there appropriately, um, you should only be taking on things that you really enjoy doing and that you're really talented at. Um, don't take on a like, like don't add on a updating of web page, uh, web pages service to your offering or like blog writing or, or doing newsletters if you hate doing that stuff. Or if you have somebody in house who can help, then fine, make that part of your revenue stream. But all I'm saying here is look at the bigger picture in terms of where do you want to be in five years? I know that that's very difficult. Trust me, it's difficult for me too. Um, but try not to spend so much time in the in the short term of things. Um, really look at the bigger picture around, well, if I take on this client, what's that going to look for, like for me next year or in five years? Do I want them to stick around? Am I going to enjoy doing the work? Because if you are excited about the project, it's going to go that much more smoothly. And the client's probably going to stick around because you did a killer job. Yeah. And I mean, that's a whole other podcast about service offerings and, and not adding service offerings onto, onto potential uh, clients because um, if you don't like it, you don't want to do it. But I would say if you, we all need to break up with client. Like I think if anyone is sitting there here listening to this podcast right now, you're probably in your mind thinking, oh yeah, uh, that client needs to go. And I've been like, I've been trying not to deal with them and I, I, I know they need to go, but I haven't wanted to deal with it and blah, blah, blah. Or, oh my God, if that customer comes into my store one more time, I'm just going to like lose it. But if you are in a position to that you've thought about it and you realize that this relationship isn't working anymore, like it, it, it doesn't provide you, it, it's taking up too much of your time, which then eats into your revenue anyway. So think of it from that perspective. Like, yes, they may be bringing in money, but the time it's taking you to service this, this client is actually like way more than whatever it is that they're providing you in, in, in cash. Um, here are some tips on how to actually break up, break up with your client. Um, and I'm sure that said Dakota kind of went through the, this process too. Um, this is on my website, by the way. I said I wrote a blog it's from July 2020, which was like right in the middle of COVID when everyone was having to either break up with clients or losing clients. Clearly it was on the top of my mind back then. Um, but here's here's some of the things that I've learned in the last few years of breaking up with clients. First of all, you need to give sufficient time for the contract to end. Like don't have a meeting with your client and be like, I'm going to be done by Friday. Because this isn't a job. Like you're not employed by them. You do you you are offering them. Um, you you have signed an agreement. And you are offering them services rendered. So my contract always states thirty days termination clause. So I will ensure that I give them thirty days um, from the time that we're meeting to when the contract ends. Um, the other big thing that I've learned is you focus on facts, not feelings. Don't be saying things like, I feel this and I feel, because no, it doesn't matter what your feelings are. What are the facts? It's not personal, it's business. So keep the discussion to clear statements about how the work is going, um, how you felt, um, um, why this needs to happen. Make clear, consistent what points 
Um, but it's a two-way conversation. So you need to be sure to listen to their concerns or their critiques of your work because you can learn a lot about yourself through their um, constructive criticism of you through the process. Because let's be frank, if it's not working for you, it hasn't been working for them either. So um, have that conversation. Um, the other thing I found really helps is creating a script and sticking to it. So have have the items you want to cover, like put them in point form. Um, so you make sure that they're discussed um, because it helps you then from devolving into a blame game and then getting back into the feelings situation and making it personal. It's like, just keep it, like stick to what you want to talk about um, and make it clear. And here's the other thing have a very specific time frame of the length of this meeting, 30 minutes max. There is no reason that this needs to be an hour to rehash whatever. Quick 30-minute meeting, um, good to go, and you have a clear end time. And the last one I think is really good because it it provides your, keeps your professional integrity intact and provides them assistance on the way out is I always provide a recommendation or referral to someone else that might be able to work with them better or that does these things that, that you require that I don't do. So um, here's, here's the name of Sally and she's, um, she does this, she's excellent, blah, 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 or provide them other recommendations on perhaps um, you have outgrown a smaller um, agency and you require more assistance and maybe you should look at a larger firm or maybe you don't need an agency at all because you've hired um, your in coordinator and they they are clearly competent and can pick up the slack and that you don't need to be out, like outsourcing this anymore. So those are kind of my things. And uh, the big thing with me, because I am the worst with this, is facts over feelings. I always get myself into trouble where I'm like, I, I get nervous or I get overwhelmed and then I start talking a lot and then it becomes a whole thing. But the biggest thing in any breakup is you want both parties to leave feeling good about the situation. Yeah. And this is going to happen to anybody who is a business owner. Like we get broken up with sometimes. Mm -hmm. Alyssa just kind of went through breaking up with someone if you've gone through or are going through or are afraid of the fact that you might be going Fired. through a breakup with a, with a client, um, the first thing that's going to happen if it comes, quote, out of the blue, which by the way, it never does. No. You're probably going to look back and think to yourself, ooh, did I see that coming? I kind of did see that coming. Um, the first thing that's going to happen is you're going to go into fight or flight. You're probably going to get super clammy, really upset, really emotional, um, and and really doubt yourself, your abilities, and your skills. Um, if you've done a ton of work around how you handle rejection, then you might not get that way. But the like regular healthy reaction is to feel that way. And what I'd like to say to you guys in terms of some steps to handle it professionally, make sure that it ends on a really positive note. And to make sure that you can move through that grief of that loss is step number one, take a breath in that really hard, shocking moment. Take a very deep breath. Even if you have to say to the client, whether it's in person or on the phone uh, or on a Zoom call, I will admit this is coming as a bit of a shock to me. If you could just give me a moment to collect my thoughts, I will be with you momentarily. Take that authentic time to just 
relax for a second. Only come back to the conversation when you feel ready to do so. Step number two, accept in that moment that it's not you, it's business. And there's probably a pretty good reason as to why this is happening. So feel free at that point to say, okay, um, if you wouldn't mind explaining to me how you got to this conclusion, and then like let's kind of figure out how we're going to tie up loose ends. Uh, step number three, make sure you put forth what uh, whatever clauses are in your contract. So if they're you know, breaking up with you at the beginning of the month or the middle of the month or the end of the month, just make sure you kind of assert, okay, so we just have to review the contract and make sure I'm being properly compensated for whatever clause I have in my contract because this is now ending. Um, the, the fourth thing you're going to want to do is um, really take a minute to say, okay, so I'm going to send you an email. Doc, I'm going to send you some sort of documentation that, that this has occurred we, we should document it um, and then put the details of what you guys discussed in that email to reassert what both parties are doing to tie up loose ends. From there, take a moment to really understand that this has probably nothing to do with you. If it does have something to do with you, um, then certainly take that feedback and really try to look at how you can do better next time if potentially you did this contract is ending because maybe something went wrong. Um, usually when things come out of the blue though from an emotional standpoint because two people just aren't jiving in business, it's really it doesn't really have much to do with like a mistake being made. Because if, if you've made a mistake, usually you're gonna know way before the conversation happens. Um, but yeah, in instances where you feel like things come out of the blue, I feel like those steps really help to kind of um, center us again because they can be pretty shocking to our nervous system. And then, yeah, I would just, you know, move through the, the grief period, feel your feelings, but give yourself a deadline. It's like, okay, in, in like one or two days here, I'm going to clear out those feelings however I need to, and I'm going to move on and find something that's, that's better for me. Um, and know that, you know, you can look back on the work and, I did a really killer job. Here's the here's the progress points that I made for this client, and here's the really positive things that I added to their business. Um, and if it was a good experience, and you guys are just breaking up because it wasn't a fit, feel free to ask for a review. Um, nine times out of ten, when it wasn't a fit for for me with a client, I've gotten a really stellar positive review out of it because we just ended because it was time to end, or we just weren't driving anymore because circumstances changed. But I almost always end up with a great review. Um, and usually they come back and they give me better work later. Yeah. So just realize that just because this door is closing now doesn't mean another one will open later. And do not ever burn bridges. Don't get angry. Try not to be reactive. And really understand that this is probably happening for a really good reason. So... Yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And and as I, as you were talking, I was sitting here thinking back to my my work days, like pre um pre-entrepreneurship. And I always had a rule for myself that I would never stay at any company for more than three years because as a communications professional, you've kind of done what you can do in three years, like you've gone through two sort of this main fiscal cycles. And I just always felt that it got stale and I got stale if I stayed anywhere for an extended period of time. So I sort of look at my business in the same way. Like if I have a long-term client, and of course we all love long-term clients because that means that, that that they fill your cup and, and um, you get along really well. But I think you do sort of need to continually cycle through. So even if you have great clients that you've worked with for an extended period of time, um, 
maybe you do need to sort of take a break or, or, or have a conversation about, um, alignment or about like sort of the next phase. Cause I think even, even through my eight year, almost eight years of doing this, um, even with good clients, the work still becomes stale because it's still the same stuff, right? It's like, oh, blog post here, newsletter goes out here and just becomes sort of, you become a bit automatic about it. And I think we as, as, as business people and like especially communicators, it's like once we get to the point where everything seems just automatic and you're just sort of pushing things out because you've done it like for the past X amount of months, um, you sort of have to question whether this is providing you any further professional um, insights than when you started. So think of it from that perspective too. Like, would you still be working for this company if you weren't out on your own? Like, is this a company that you would want to be with? So if it, like, if you're sitting there listening to this podcast and you're, and you're not an entrepreneur, I mean, you should be, no, I'm just saying, no, um, no, not everyone should be entrepreneurs, but if you're working for an order for a company for five years and you're thinking, Oh my God, like I'm bored or this is stale. It's like, yeah, those are the same conversations to have with yourself and your company in terms of where's my, where's my professional trajectory. Is there opportunity for advancement? Like, am I going to be sitting as a comms manager for the next 10 years or can, can I work to be a director or a VP? Like all these conversations are relevant to no matter where you sit in the professional landscape. And it's also, I mean, if we want to circle back to like personal relationships, these are also conversations you should be having with the people in your life. Like just because you're married doesn't mean that you shouldn't be having these conversations about like, are we still on the same page? Like, where are we going? Like, is this, is this still good for you or blah, blah, blah. Like, I mean, no one should be sitting in, in a marriage for 10 years and not happy or not feeling fulfilled. It's the same conversations. And um, because we change so much as people over years that I'm not the same person I was even when I started my business, let alone like 10 years ago. So just put it in that perspective that having these conversations and continually checking in on yourself and your client or whatever is actually healthy and letting go of clients, even if it was a good relationship and you were doing good work, but it's just not, it's, it's become too junior for you now and you're on to bigger and better things. That's good. And that's a good conversation to have. It's like, look, I think we've outgrown each other and that's awesome. Totally. Well, we hope that this has been super helpful for you guys uh, because breaking up is never easy to do but it's got to happen and it's going to happen a lot in your life. So understanding how to move through things and um, what what it can look like in multiple areas is really important. Uh, but yeah, this has been another episode of Ladies Who Launch. And we are very excited to see you guys next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to Ladies Who Launch. Join Dakota and Alyssa every second Wednesday for more conversations and interesting guests. Be sure to give us a five-star rating and connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. If you send us a question, we may answer it on a future episode.